Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Felicita, who's on the line. Good, good morning. This is Sister Sylvia. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. Happy Wednesday to you, Sister Sylvia. Happy Wednesday to you and Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Same to you. I want to do a prayer request, if that's okay. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. One, I want to pray for um, Mr. Wilson, who's back in the hospital again. Bonus dad. And two, I want to pray for the people of Rwanda in Africa that I just met. I just want to lift them up in prayer. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Good morning, the Eva Maria Good morning, Sister Yvonne. Happy Wednesday to you. God's got our back all the time. Amen. Top of the morning. Good morning. This is Sister Sabrina. Um, um, can you hear me? Yes. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Same to you, beautiful. Um, I would like a prayer request, please. My daughter, um, Castamal Knight are flying her cheerleader team is flying out in the morning to las vegas for their competition just traveling grace to and from thank you and this is for your daughter yeah miracle her and her cheerleader team is traveling out to las vegas in the morning for a competition so just praying for traveling grace to and from got it thank you you're welcome thank you Hello, Valuable. How you doing? Happy Wednesday. It's Moxie. Good morning, Moxie. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday to you, too. Happy Wednesday to Claire Victory. Love you guys. Good morning, my Simona. This is Ray Ray. I'm back on. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for calling Declare Victory. This is Valacita, who's on the line. Good morning. Good morning, Valuables. Brother Michael, happy Wednesday. Good morning, Brother Michael. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Thank you. Good morning, Valuable, and Declare Victory. This is Joyful. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Joyful. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Good morning, morning, Dion. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, Dion. Happy Wednesday to you. Uh, Good morning. This is Marv here joining in with you as well. Good morning, Marv. Happy Wednesday. And happy Wednesday to you. Let it be a joyful day. Thank you so much. Good morning. This is Catherine. Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Happy Wednesday. Good morning. It's Patrice. 
Good morning, Katie. Happy Wednesday. Thank you so much. Happy Wednesday to you as well. Good morning, this is Monica Wilson. Good morning. Good morning, Monica. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you for calling to Clear Victory. This is Felicita. Who else has joined us? Good morning, Good morning. Oh, I heard multiple people. Can you try that again? I think I heard Dee Dee. Is that you, Dee Dee? Hey, oh, good morning, Kedra. Happy Wednesday. Good morning, happy Wednesday. Thank you so much. And who else did I hear? Good morning, Our- Susie. Good morning, Susie. Happy Wednesday to you. Can you put a... I'm, I'm in a lot of pain in my left leg. So yes. We, thank you so much. You're welcome. The joy of the Lord is my rest. The peace of God is my rest. Good morning, Valuable. Good morning, Declare Victory. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Happy Wednesday. Hey, Valentina, check your phone. I sent you a message. Okay. Oh, certainly will. <laughs> Good morning, beautiful oh. ladies. This is Shining Sheena. Good morning. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday as well. Thank you so much. Is Good morning, beautiful else? people. This is Ruth. Good morning, Ruth. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. Could I add someone to the prayer list? Okay, just one moment. Okay, I'm ready. Um, one of my um, childhood and uh, classmates is battling cancer. Um I don't want to say his name yet until I get permission, but I just want you to pray for a childhood friend who's battling cancer right now. He may be on the call. I gave him the information, so hopefully he'll chime in this morning. Okay. I got it down. Thank you for letting us know. Good morning, Vivi. Uh-huh. Good morning. Dee-Dee. Now Happy it's Dee. Happy Wednesday. <laughs> I'm with you, Rochelle. The joy of the Lord is our strength. This is declare victory. We declare victory no matter what we are facing. We fight the battle. I mean, God fights our battle. We just be still and he's our defender. So wake up with joy no matter what. Every morning, morning after morning, you wake up, it's a new day. That's all. Amen. Happy Wednesday to you. I know it's hard. I'm just saying trust and that's all. Try him. Just try him one good time. See that he's never failing, that he's faithful, that he's just and righteous. He did it before. Guess what, y'all? He'll do it again and again and again and again. Love y'all. Amen. Amen. Good morning. This is Swanita. Good morning, Swanita. Happy Wednesday to you. Happy Wednesday. Thank you. Okay, at this time, I'm going to ask everyone to please place your phones on mute and we'll begin the hosting. Good morning, everyone. My name is Valuable Valacita, and I'm your hostess. Thank you for joining us here in Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 
8 a.m. Central Standard Time and 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Stay tuned in with us during the month of January where our monthly theme is entitled Repentance. Each declarer will focus on the necessity and value of a lifestyle of repentance and its impact on the advancement of the kingdom of God. Make sure you invite a friend so they can be blessed as well. There are two announcements today. Today is the day that declare victory fast for anything that you may be believing the Lord for. If you'd like to join in, push back your plate or something that you spend a lot of time doing and offer this time to the Lord in prayer. We will be fasting all day until 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time when we'll call back into the same phone number and have a quick closing prayer. Second, we would like to offer you an opportunity to put God first in the area of your finances. Our mission at Declare Victory is to offer sound declarations based on biblical truths along with prayer during the week and outreach participation to serve our communities in need. Will you partner with Declare Victory by giving to support our mission? There are three ways to give. You can give at declarevictory.org or through PayPal at paypal.me forward slash declare victory, or through Cash App at dollar sign I declare victory now. We pray many blessings by our Heavenly Father be returned to you for your giving and trusting in Him. We have some spoken prayer requests. The first one is from Sylvia, and she is asking for prayer for Mr. Wilson as he is back in the hospital. She's also asking for prayer for the people of Rwanda. Um, Please take a look at your phone to make sure you're on mute. Thank you so much. Sabrina is asking for um, prayer for traveling grace for her daughter Miracle and her cheerleading team. Susie is asking for prayer for her left leg. She's experiencing some pain in her left leg. And then Ruth is asking for prayer for a childhood friend who is battling cancer. The order of the call is as follows. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Jacqueline. Declaration will be brought by Dion. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declare. I'll repeat the order. Prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Jacqueline. Declaration by Dion. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the Declare. The scripture for today is from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 17. For you know that afterward, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected. But for he found no chance to repent, though he started with tears. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask that everyone please take a look at your phone and make sure that you are on mute. Stay on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to Jacqueline. Have a blessed day. God bless you, valuable. God bless you, Declare Victory. This morning, I want to give some instructions as we enter into prayer, listening to the countenance of the words that came out of our mouths. I want to charge us to get something on our mind. Remember something that God has done, and I want you to lean into your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. So like the praise team, sometimes people come in and lean on them 
to usher us into his presence. I want us all to become the intercessors that we are. So stand in your full authority and let's go before the Lord our God together. Amen. Heavenly Father, it is in the name of Jesus that we come before you this morning, Lord God. Father, we are mindful of who you are, and this morning we have come to bless your holy and your righteous name. God, I thank you. That this... Please check your phone. Check your Father, I thank you this morning. Hallelujah for your presence in our lives, and God, for the way in which you desire for us to be blessed and to prosper. I thank you, Lord God, that it is your good pleasure to bless us. So today, God, I thank you that we are, remind, we are reminded and we're able to recall all of your goodness according to your word and even as evidenced by the breath that's in our lungs. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. That's the lyrics of the song that is sung. We pour out our praise. We pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath, hallelujah, in our lungs. So we pour out our praise and we pour it out to you only. God, we stir up our faith before we even say these requests to you, Lord God, that we would shift into a posture of belief that when we pray, according to Mark 11 and 24, we believe. We're not believing when we hang up. We're not believing after we get up from our knees. We're not believing after we lay prostrate, <clears throat> excuse me, but we're believing when we pray. And I thank you, God, that we have this confidence that that when we pray according to your will, God, that not only do you hear us, but that you respond. And we have the petitions that we ask of you according to 1 John 5, 14 and 15. So I remind you of your word this morning, Lord God, and we grab the horns of the altar together in the name of Jesus. I thank you for every person that lifted up a request today, God, and I pray that you would strengthen them in their heart. Bless them right now, Lord God. May they, like David, remember what he said in the face of the enemy that taunted the entire army of Israel. He said, you come to me with sword, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. David remembered the experience that he had while protecting his father's flock, that a bear and a lion came. But even when the lion it had, the, had the sheep in his mouth, he snatched it from his mouth. So, God, we come to take some things back this morning in the name of Jesus. And we lift up Mr. Wilson, and the report is he is in the hospital again. God, just like you delivered him from it the first time or previous times, we lift him up before you right now right where he is, oh God, and we ask that you would touch him in only the way that you can and heal him and make him whole in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you are yet healing, you are yet mending, you are let, you are yet repairing the breach in the name of Jesus. For, so for Mr. Wilson, God, and anyone else that's attached to us that may be dealing with sickness and have been hospitalized as a result or going through treatment or therapy, God, I pray that you would touch them right where they are in the name of Jesus. We are also lifting up the people of Rwanda, Lord God. I thank you, Father, that nothing is hard for you. Not too hard, but nothing is hard for you. And so, Lord, what the people of Rwanda need, God, I pray that you would minister to them, that you would cause someone even to rise up and to advocate for them as the country Rwanda comes to our mind. And even whatever country or cities or states or provinces, areas that you might cause us to think about, as we think about them, may we become that intercessor that you're looking for in the land, praying for the prosperity 
prosperity of that city, of that place, of that province, of that state, of that nation. Be with them, Lord God, is our prayer. God, I pray for miracle. We pray for miracle today and her cheerleading team as they travel to and from Las Vegas. We pray, oh God, that they would travel without incident on their way there and on their way back and their entire stay, Lord God. We pray even for the experience in the name of Jesus, Lord, that this would be a witness unto you. I thank you, Father, for this team and for their ability to go and to do what they have been trained to do and to come back. I thank you for the testimony, even the name miracle, Lord God. Perform a miracle in the name of Jesus. God, we lift up Susie this morning. She has confessed that she has pain on her left side and has asked for prayer. So we join our shields of faith this morning for Susie, God, and pray that you would touch her body and alleviate the pain and even go to the root of it in the name of Jesus. Ruth has asked for prayer this morning, Lord God, for a childhood classmate, and even the weight of her concern is heard in her voice. A childhood classmate who has been diagnosed with cancer. God, the name of cancer is beneath the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And you have given your son a name that is above every name. So we say the name Jesus over all of these requests, those that were spoken and those that were not. And those that were that maybe we didn't see, we might have missed it. God, I thank you that the name, hallelujah, of Jesus is above every name. So we lift up your name this morning. God, I thank you. And as we come off of you, I thank you, Lord God, that we would come together and lift up our sound to you this morning. Your word declares in Psalm 27. Hear me as I pray, O Lord. I 
innovative ways of doing so. I thank God for each and every declaration this month. My prayer is that something happens down on the inside of all of us that brings us closer to um, a real raw revelation of God's love for us and his desire for us to live uh, a life of holiness, a life of clean hands and a pure heart. And I think repentance is um, not just paramount to making sure that that occurs, but living a lifestyle of repentance, um, I am confident and completely have concluded that it changes the posture of our heart on a daily basis. I got a feeling um, similar to even experiencing a bunch of positive words or encouragement that as time goes on, when you think differently, uh, life begins to change for you. And scientifically, it is stated that uh, small incremental changes in your mindset, in your thought process, and how you evaluate things, how you exercise things, really begins to change the structure, the molecular structure of your DNA. And so um, my prayer is that through this launch of this year prior to us going into um, the latter months of the year, that this particular uh, series will resonate with each and every one of you on a whole different scale, um, that God would really be able to fulfill the truth of who you are uh, through your life because you live a yielded life. So um, I'm not going to share really, really long today. Um, I, I may be telling the truth, but then again, I may not. I'm not sure. We're just going to run on and see what the end is going to be, if that's all right with each of you. Um, it is our fasting day today. We do have set day to fast. Uh, prayerfully, you guys will join us in that fast. That fast is, um, again, I say this quite frequently, it is not for God. It is for you. And fasting, what fasting will do is help you to begin to practice presence help you begin to be conscious and or cognizant of the fact that Holy Spirit actually resides in you and everything you experience, you expose him to. Everything you expose him to, um, you actually have the ability to reap what it is that you sow in that relationship like a natural relationship, right? So living a lifestyle of repentance really starts to help you see the manifestation um, of that relationship with Holy Spirit, that connection, um, that indwelling becomes just really part of who you are. And as time goes on, the more you live a repented life, the more you start to see Holy Spirit intervene in places that once upon a time um, may have uh caused you not to pass this particular test. How many of you guys know that literally our lives are full of one test, one decision, uh one choice after the next? Everything that we experience um the truth is we determine the outcomes. So this morning if I were to coin my teach anything it would be living a uh the posture of a repented life right the, what does that what does that look like what does that look like and 
I'm going to share probably two little stories with you guys. You know, I like to to give it legs, feet, and arms. And um, I, I want I want this picture to be so clear. We'll go to the word as well. I'm going to be teaching from the book of Acts, but I'm also going to dabble a little bit in the fourth chapter of Jonah because I, I want to paint a picture of what proper heart posture looks like as it relates to repentance. Now, I'm not the end all to be all. That's why we, Second Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approval, workmen that uh, rightly dividing the word that needs not be ashamed, right? It is our responsibility to um, digest the word. The word of God is good for doctrine, right? The word of God is is good for doctrine, um, but we create atmospheres that is conducive, that are conducive uh, for Holy Spirit to rest on us, to rest even in our um, day-to-day movements and interaction rest on our thought process, rest on how we communicate, how we engage, how we interact, how we defuse escalated situations, how we respond as opposed to react to things, uh, how we dispel and dispose of early childhood traumas, um, situational uh, outcomes that we allowed emotionally in times past to capsize our flow, to capsize our approach to things. But what you'll start to, to notice is the more you spend time um, in the presence of God, the more you spend time living a repented life, the more you spend time um, considering uh if this, then that, or if I do this, what will it make Holy Spirit feel? How will Holy Spirit feel about um, this, that, and the third? It starts to change how you engage life. I'm not telling you what I think. Um, I'm telling you what I know, I'm telling you what I, I've, I've experienced. Um, my history um, and my um, my even now approach, because how many of you guys know that God wants everything about you, even the things that you think are ooky, even the things that you think uh, or, or you know you could do better. Um, I, I am um, extremely inquisitive, right? I, I want to know, I want answers. And I want to know answers because I like outcomes. Right, so I'm a starts and stops type person. I love statistics. I love data. I love numbers. I love equation. I love to be able to measure because I understand that you cannot monetize what you don't have the ability to measure. And when I say monetize, I, it's not based on materialism. It is based on the reality that if I can't gauge where we started um, and I can't gauge where we stopped, I have no idea if there is progress. Let me say that again. If I can't gauge where we started and I can't gauge where we stopped, we have no idea wherein lies progress or not, right? Even when it comes to measuring um, trauma and trauma relief, right, when it, when it comes to measuring um, emotional maturity, or adaptability, or um, for for some people, um, 
if you start to ask yourself reasonable, logical questions, and I, and I hope those of you that are in a position to take notes are taking notes because you want to be able to tell if you're growing in every area. Like you can look at your bank account. You know where you started. You can see where it's growing too. Um, but how do you measure uh, whether or not you have arrested development? Like if your thinking is is distorted or broken or dismantled or interrupted, intruded upon. There are some people that we will encounter in life whose lives will be greatly impacted by your ability to measure how far you've come, right? And then be able to expose people to that level of growth, especially the people that knew you historically, right, that knew you before your yes to Jesus or your yes to um, partnering with the Holy Spirit to bring heaven to earth through your life, right, to learn how to live a life of um, abiding in him and not just abiding but occupying according to the word of God until he comes, right? That means to do business until he comes. And for some people, um, some people will be responsible for being. That's your business. Right. And I'm talking about leaders, teachers, prophets, evangelists. And I'm not saying that you won't have a, a, a standard job, but I'm just saying you'll have to master. All of us have to master being who God created us to be. But some people's lives are pinnacle for the lives of others. And if you know that you are a leader, please, ma'am, please, sir, note that everyone is watching you. Good days. Bad days, angry days, depressed days, uh, outbursting days, whatever your scenario, everybody's watching you, honey. Everybody's watching. They're watching, they're measuring, and they're uh, uh, gathering data. They're trying to figure out, honey, who, I know you said you are this, but let's see who you are in real life. Okay, now, wh why did I say all of that? The posture of our heart begins to change the more our reactions as opposed to responses do, right? Some of us are, you can tell the maturity of any believer based on how they respond to things that make them uncomfortable, right? You can tell the, the level of maturity that you are working with if Perhaps there was a miscommunication or a misunderstanding. I promise I'm going to give you some word in just a moment. But some of us, the reality is you don't know what you don't know until somebody points out what you didn't know. Um, and if you don't have anyone around you that can point out what you didn't know, it leaves you not uh, in the best position. Right. So I, I try to surround myself with people that will correct me if I'm out of pocket, uh, that'll tell me, honey, don't eat that because your back is big enough. Fiona, watch it. Um, I try to spend time with people that will tell me I'm being unreasonable and maybe I should look at it a different way or that will catch me and be like, ah, 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 what's that? Why that? Um repenting or um, really if we even even give it a, a, a totally different word, if we are 100% honest, if we would just be transparent with where we are when we're there, um, we'll start to see the manifestation of our most authentic self starting to show up. 
right? And and whether or not you know it, every time we open our mouths, people see our hearts. If you're if you're attentive at all, right? If you are connected at all. Now, people that don't matter perhaps to you or that's not necessarily your role and responsibility. I'm a watchman. Right. So my role and responsibility, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, strangers, good friends, cousins, distant relatives. I am always paying attention to what people say and what people don't say. Always. It is not intentional. It is what I am mantled to do. It's what I'm called to. So I listen very differently. Right. People um, will ask me certain questions with regard to um, my gifting and how it operates and how some of the things that uh, connect all the dots or the puzzle pieces for me. My ears are more sensitive than what it is that I see, even though I see um, quite a bit. I hear more than I see. Right. Um, what does that mean? It just means that my heart is always postured um, to make sure that I am bringing heaven to earth through my life. Right. Which is all any of us are responsible for. Let me let me take you to the word. Let me let me let's do this real quick. Um, and I'm going to I'm going to give you a couple of scriptures in Acts. Uh, you can write them down and go back and read before and then read after. Um, but I want to read this in particular because we are in a season where it is going to be imperative for you to discern the times that we are in. Dion, why would I need to discern the times? Because if you can't hear the voice of God, there are going to be some things that are happening in the earth that you will be like uh, the scripture that talks about the ants that are just going on about their business, um, just completely oblivious and unaware that we are uh, spiritual beings having a natural experience, but there is more spiritual activity around you than you are aware of simply because of ignorance. Let me let me give it to you in the word. Acts 17 and 30, it says, the times of ignorance God overlooked, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So the first thing, um, if I were um, out of sorts, and I knew that I was out of touch with the truth of what the word of God says for my life, because I don't have a study life, because I don't have a worship life, because I don't fellowship with people that keep me mindful of God's presence continually, right? You should have somebody in your life that asks you this question. Where are you spiritually? I remember when I moved to Atlanta, um, Every now and then, E.K. Dawson and I would have a conversation and he'd say, okay, so um, where, where are you feeling or what are you sensing or what are you hearing concerning kingdom business? Like, where are you spiritually? And, you know, because of some of the things that would transpire, I'd call him in the middle of the night sometimes with some of the dreams that I would have or some of the conversations or the content of the conversations that I would have with Abba as I started to grow and really um, surrendered and submitted my Atlanta living was really learning how to live a repented life because I had done so, so much even after, quote unquote, giving my life to Jesus. Right, because I just didn't know how to live. I was learning how to live all over again. 
And so make sure that you have people around you that ask you, what's up, that hold you accountable, where you at, how you feeling, what you going through, you go, you need a little help, right? Um, ask the, oh, wait, wait. Uh, sorry, y'all, hold on one second. Okay, not that. I don't want that. Okay. All right. So it is important that um, you understand that God gives us a certain grace for a certain amount of time, right? After a while, you don't really have a whole bunch of excuses as to why you're not growing because it's not it's it's kind of like this i'll say it like this if you are a, a high school graduate right you you uh decide that you want to go to university um you know without a shadow of a doubt that nobody's going to police you to go to class ain't nobody checking for you they might take a role and all of that stuff but at the end of the day uh, when it's all said and done you just flat out um, either pass or fail, right? Now, to what level or degree you pass or fail is completely up to you when you start going to university, when you start going to college. You you have a sole responsibility to learn what you need to learn, to study when you need to study. Even if you balance it out with partying, you know that you have to allot a certain amount of time for uh, depending on what your major is, if it's sociology or biology or science or whatever it is that you are majoring in, you have to give an equal effort. Well, wouldn't it be an amazing thing if as believers we mastered practicing his presence? Right. If that if we use that same energy, if we, quote unquote, stood on business concerning what we declare our faith is. Right. If we if we were constant um, in in building those that relationship, that bridge to better, um, if we sacrifice that same amount of time, you studying for a promotion on your job. Right. Every every person on this line has had an opportunity that they had to put in a little bit of extra work for these relationships that only they yield financial gain. They yield um in certain instances, based on the title, uh, a level of prestige, they give you uh, a different level of respect if you are the director of so on and so forth. All of that is fine and good, but none of it has a bearing on your soul. The very same energy that you use to go to university to sit in a classroom or study to get a certification or qualify to get a, a different promotion or a degree, if we use a fraction of that energy to spend time in in a, a, a Strong's Concordance or an open Bible or a Hebrew study Bible, learning uh, Greek and English uh, comparable so that we understand the word of God in an effort not to, to demonstrate our knowledge, but literally to live a repentant life, to live from the place of humility, to live from the place of surrender and submission. And so I had an experience on Monday that was 
relatively ooky and I had to navigate a very difficult place. I had to navigate some place that once upon a time would have made me the type of angry that I would have wanted to physically fight. I'm naturally a fighter, right? Remember I said earlier that God wants to use everything that you are in every single area of your life. He doesn't want to change you. He wants to refine us. That comes from having a repentant heart posture. God, I know that uh, this thing is you usable, but I know it can't be used like this. So what he does is he takes those, even even that type of a, a person or personality. I'm a natural fighter. I, I believe in justice, right? I understand uh, that systems and cycles, that uh, there are laws, principles, and precepts that are constantly at work. Right. So if I give to him, if I yield to him my fighting spirit, what it does is it teaches me, navigates uh, how to war. If I give him uh, quick wit, right, the fact that I can answer you speedily with a response. And once upon a time, it was cynical. But now, because it's being refined, I can give back wisdom and not have to be justified or vindicated in my personal self, if that makes sense, right? There are some of us, there, there's a difference between justice and vengeance, right? I don't want to get you back. I want to get you healed. Today, today, I want you to understand this love that I've experienced that literally transformed my life. It transformed how I think. It transformed how I feel about certain things. Certain things aren't so personal today. Certain things aren't uh, uh, so unforgivable. It is what it is. Now, certain things, listen, get away from me forever. Stay away from me, and you watch me from a distance. But most things, that's not the case. Right. And if we really uh, grow up and we still talking about repentance and the posture of our heart, if we start to discern the times and know that time is really, really short. Certain interactions that may have turned out all bad, you learn how to navigate them from a mature place because at the end of the day, your life is supposed to communicate a heart after the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so this situation that I was navigating where once upon a time, honey, I would have went in a building and turned all the tables over twice, right? Once upon a time, I would have... uh absolutely cut up, no questions asked, rain, shine, sleet or snow. But uh, what I was able to do, because I understand that not everybody will be introduced to Jesus, right? Not everybody's going to read a Bible. Not everybody's going to go to Bible study on Tuesdays and Sunday school on Sunday morning. Some people will glean from your life at the office or at school, in the doctor's office, at the grocery store. And, and this disrespectful uh, young lady from a place of ignorance made a ridiculous mistake. And once upon a time, like I said, I would have cut up. But I was able to, without being emotional, without being over the top, without feeling like I needed to belittle or berate her, I was able to say what my history was and how that I chose to change that. And it came from a heart of repentance, right? I made a decision that my life surrendered to God was more valuable than me being right. I don't need to be right anymore, right? But, but what I do need to do is extend who Jesus is through my life 
without feeling like I'm better than or above anyone. Now, let me give you this this scripture. Go to uh, Jonah, the fourth chapter. This this part tickled me. This is probably one of my favorite parts of the story because this goofbox messed around and played himself um, <laughs> when when the Lord changed his mind about his people. And, and when I say I was able to have this conversation with this young lady uh, from a different place as a as a mature believer as a mature woman, as a as a grown up, I was able to have this conversation where once upon a time I just wouldn't I, I would not have been able to. I probably wouldn't have said nothing. I probably would have needed some bail money. But I thank God for Jesus because today I can see myself and I can see myself in others because I remember being ignorant. I remember not knowing how important it was uh, to repent and how important it was to humble myself. I remember uh, being ignorant of the fact that my vices were a direct result uh, of, of unhealed trauma, unhealed experiences, unforgiveness. Um, anger, dealing with abandonment and rejection. There are things that if we don't deal with them, repenting is the last thing on your mind. You you don't want to heal. You want to get somebody back. You want revenge. I saw a little girl yesterday and she was just angry, just anger exuding out of every other area. When people see you, who who what they see? She was just mad. She was moving mad. She didn't even have to say nothing, and I knew she was angry. Anyway, okay, so so this passage says, this change of plans greatly upset Jonah, and he became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say it before I left home that you would do this? Didn't I tell you, Lord, that this is why I ran away to Tarshish? I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to anger and filled with uh Sorry, slow to anger and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. <laughs> Baby, that Jonah was hot that God changed his mind, right? Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive. What I predicted will not happen. And the Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Like, how dare you? Can you imagine God has a desire to save your whole life and somebody being mad because you made a decision to get it right? The posture of our heart is so powerful. The way that we uh, uh, present a thing, the way that we approach a thing has the power to change everything for everybody. Right. For everybody that we come in contact with, how we approach them, there are people that um, and especially over over this last 10 years of of doing ministry. And of course, much longer than that in ministry. But with just this declare victory process, um, I have had. All, all kinds of things happen, different, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. I've had people come and uh, leave and uh, make accusations that, that we were witches and, and this was a cult. and I mean, just all kind of retarded stuff, stuff that doesn't even make any sense. I've had people come and, and 
steal processes and instead of just, and, and I won't say steal because I love that people replicate and duplicate because that's all it's about. It's about uh, duplication, but feel like they have to sneak. It's not even about nothing other than, man, ask, I'll walk you through it. Child, I'm, I'm not, you know what I mean? There, there are so many different things that happen and I in time could have allowed it to harden my heart or make me bitter or make me afraid to um, do or to be. But what I understand is my life was designed to uh, encourage people to do more, right? Encourage people to branch out or to build or to be able to go back into your local church and support whoever God has assigned you to, to uh, the best of your ability from a place of excellence and not from a struggle or an envy or a frustration, but to go and to serve. Don't worry about what they do. You be excellent and you raise the bar with your life, your lifestyle, right? You make sure that you present the best you possible, but how does that happen? Even listening to this story in particular, as opposed to Jonah um, having a desire to go back in and teach the people differently, even though his prophetic gift was not to to uh, prophesy houses, cars, and land, he, he had to give a very difficult word, right? But then his heart posture was so jacked up that after this passage of scripture, we don't really hear about him anymore. And at the very end, in the 10th verse, it says, and then the Lord said, uh, you feel sorry about the plant because the Lord had sent a plant to give him shade. And then the Lord made it be eaten up the next day by a worm, right? So he said, you, you feel angry, I mean, sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120 people living in spiritual darkness not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? And then everything goes silent after that. There was never a response. There was never a rebuttal. His posture was so cemented in his thought process and in his ideology and in his understanding. He was so consumed with his intellect. God is here reasoning with him saying, listen, you were instrumental in saving people as opposed to destroying people. Sometimes the posture of our heart is we'd rather see somebody broken or damned or damaged as opposed to restored and refreshed and revived. Uh, we'd rather see somebody hurting and broken as opposed to being the catalyst for that brokenness being mended and healed. If when we repent for the things that we've done and we consider all that we've gone through personally, it'll start to give you a different level of empathy. It'll start to give you a different level or structure of compassion, and it'll start to help you put yourself in that person's shoes. Everybody became something through a process. People don't just wake up and become awful people. People don't just wake up and say, I think I'm going to be awful today. Do you know how your repented heart, your lifestyle of living a repented life can make you an available conduit for somebody else's repentance, right? Through there, there have been people that have been disrespectful to me, have dishonored me, said stuff to me that they should not have, um, later repented. And it's, it's good because I'm built for it, like my skin is thick enough to handle it, but it does not negate that I have a, ro a role and a responsibility to play. 
And if it means that I have to eat your disrespect, I'm going to let God deal with that. Now, once upon a time, listen, 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 that was not how I moved around. (laughs) I'm going to get you together. I'm going to get you told. I'm not interested in any of that. Right? Because at the end of the day, we make our own beds by making one small decision after the next. The posture of our heart through the power of repentance cannot just change our life, right? Because we understand that repentance is literally changing your mind, right? Redirecting your thoughts into um, areas and dimensions and different dispensations and realms of a greater understanding of who God says you are. Not even who you say you are, but who God says you are. You will never do that without being transparent. And transparency requires repentance. Repentance and true repentance requires a heart that leans toward, number one, the truth of God's word for your life, the Father in and of itself, and being committed to unlearning old systems, old cycles, old processes, old mindsets that keep you from living your best life. And all of it is a decision. The posture of your heart concerning repentance will determine how fast you grow spiritually It will determine how fast you grow emotionally. It will determine how fast you grow financially. It will determine how fast you grow relationally. It will determine how fast you grow romantically or not. All of the above are literally, if you don't have the courage to repent, if you don't have the courage to change your mind about things that are no longer serving you, Expect to be in the same place this time next year. I don't care what you put on your vision board. I don't care what you wrote down as goals. If something in the posture of your heart does not can change about being godly sorrowful about things that you know are unjust, about things that you know are no longer serving you, it will always cost you. So that's all I have this morning. I pray that something that I said resonated with your heart, um, began to prick at who you say you are to the degree that you start moving toward living a lifestyle of repentance in real life. It's super important. All right? Um, No, you didn't hear me typing, Shield. That wasn't me. Um, Anyway. Now is the time that we have set aside for um, hosting and, um, yeah, for hosting our second time. Um, I'll open it up to the men first, and then thereafter we'll go to any new callers or first-time callers. And right after that, we will um, take our regulars morning greeting. So if we have any men on the line this morning that want to say good morning, good morning, fellas. Happy Wednesday. And I'll give Shell a second to unmute. I'm sorry. Bad. It's very bad. 
Well, we don't want it to be very bad. That would be awful. No, it honey. is. I'm in. I'm in it, and it's horrible. It's been dangerous. It's very dangerous. Please drive safe. Very good. Thank you. Any men that want to say good morning? All right. Any first-time callers or new callers? This your first time calling in, and you'd like to say good morning. All right. Well, Ali, Ali, Oxen, free, and thank you for real for that. Um, that that weather. It it really is bad outside. Please, please, please. If you are driving right now, listen. If you can't do it hands free, don't say good morning. <laughs> good morning. This is Camille. I'm sorry I got to you late. I'm a first time caller. And well, your, good your, morning. And your word was awesome. It touched my heart so much. Hey, Amen. And say your name again. I'm sorry. My name is Camille. Hey, Camille. Well, welcome, welcome. We're glad to have you. Who referred you to the line? Monica, the one just talked about the weather. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and we are grateful to have you. All I can say, honey, is keep coming back. I promise you, as time goes on, (laughs) it'll stretch you. It'll stretch you. It'll stretch you. Amen. Anybody else? Any additional new callers? All right. Well, then I'll open the line up for whosoever will let them speak. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, sunshine. This is Leomia. Good morning, mother. Good morning. Amen. Good morning, Miss Krishanda. God bless you. Great decoration. Hey, Krishanda. Good morning. (laughs) Good morning, morning. Good morning, Dion. It's Carla. Hi, Carla girl. Hey. Good morning. It's a nice day. This is my first time calling this year. Oh, well, welcome back, honey. We have missed you. Kiss and eye for me. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, Sister Tracy. Hey, Sister Tracy. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Miss B. Excellent Uh-oh. declaration. Amen. Good morning, Miss B. And who else did I hear? Good morning, Sister Lisa. Great, great decoration. Hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, girl. Hey, hey. <laughs> I breathed yesterday. Hey, hey. <laughs> I heard Good morning. This is while... Mia. Hey, Mia, girl. Good morning, pumpkin. <laughs> good to hear your voice this morning. Yes, good morning, you guys. Good to hear yours. <laughs> Anybody else? Good morning, Dion. It's me, Mary. Hey, me, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Prosperous. Have a blessed day, family. You have a blessed day also. Hey, hey. Good morning, Dion. It's Jubilant. Hey, Ju. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Mary. Thank you. God bless you all. Hey, Mary. God bless you. Good morning, Dion. It's persistent. God bless. Hi, persistent. Hey. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, I got your message. We will catch up this before this weekend. Well, I'll see you tonight anyway. So that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anybody Good morning. else? Good morning, hey, good morning. Hey. Hey, Glow. Good morning. 
anybody else before we go into love, life, and victory. And if not, we can jump right in. Anybody have any questions, comments, commentary, anyone? Good morning, Dion. This is Good morning. Can you hear me? I, I did. I heard, I think I heard PR. And who else? And who else was it? I'm sorry. Sylvia. Oh, hey, Sylvia. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you, ma'am, for asking. Right. Um, you know, I, I really appreciate your declaration this morning. It really hit home. Um, I want to share <clears throat> uh, briefly, as I can, about um, a recent trip to Rwanda and the repentance that you spoke about us having hearts of repentance. Never in my life have I seen anything like this. We're talking about people who are living among perpetrators who were part of the genocide 30 years ago, who some of which by repenting and telling the truth and even leading them to where, you know, some of the uh, deceased were, were uh, forgiven and were uh, are living among the people whose ancestors and family members they, um, you know, murdered, basically. And so mm-hmm. the people in Rwanda, I see they have hearts of compassion, forgiveness, you know, those uh, hearts of repentance, something that we have never seen before in my life. There, I was among a group of Christians in a community of um, interdenominational uh, organization called Scripture Union, but these people that are living with hearts of forgiveness and those of repentance for something that horrific, it was unimaginable. Mm-hmm. And their love and their compassion um, was just something I'd never experienced in my entire life. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to share when you talked mm-hmm. about repentance, that's the first thing that popped up and just being able to you know, have that spirit, you know, right here, you know, in me and in in this country, but in general, Mm -hmm. you don't have any hostility. They're not hating. It just made them more love, love for God and forgiven. And those, Mm -hmm. like I said, the crime, they have, you know, not only repented, they're living among the people who they, you know, committed this crime Mm -hmm. against them want to share that because it's something unbelievable that you would never imagine, but you can see and feel the spirit of God in each and every one of them and in that city of Kigali. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you so much. Great share. Thank you for sharing your experience with us and and bringing to life. It's it's some cold game when you have to make that type of a decision. Um, and and you have to forgive somebody that that has. Uh, technically, as as we like to call it, kind of played in your face, <laughs> right? Yeah. I've had people play in my face, and I have to act like I don't know, um, and I, I have to be kind anyway. And it's not always easy, right. and it's not always fun, and you know, and and it doesn't feel good. But let me tell you what feels good: um, knowing that God is pleased with my decision, right, and and doing it not out of anything other than obedience to God because I want my heart to be aimed at what he says about who I am, not about what I feel like, 
right? I'm not led by my emotions at this stage of my life. Arrested development cannot hold me hostage to history because I know that I get to make decisions based on what outcomes I desire to see. When you start making decisions based on what you want to see in the future, instead of this right now stuff, this temporary stuff, it changes everything. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Sylvia, did you say the people who committed the genocide were repentant or just the people mm-hmm. who were affected by the genocide were forgiving? I, the I, people I who committed the offense. Both. People who could. Uh-huh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. okay, wow. And they live. Wow. And they live with the people. They live with the people as if, because really what forgiveness means is, it never happened. But How you know what? Can... Hmm. Sorry. Go ahead. No, the sorry. the, the Go power, ahead. the the part that's huge is huge to me is the people who did it, committed it. They acknowledge what they did and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. They they were in. They had an open court called the Greco Court, like in a little village community, and those who were willing to speak on, tell the truth and ask wow. for forgiveness, were released. They had either left their time, they were released, and the others wow. were in prison. That's, that's big. The ones yeah. who wouldn't <clears throat> repent. But that's that's what happens in real life, though. That's literally exact, that painted a picture of what true repentance does. True repentance and that posture not just of saying I'm sorry just to say I'm sorry, but for real, a change in behavior, a change in heart. True repentance transforms lives, period, dot, dot. But those who heart is too hard to say I'm sorry, too hard to to bow and to bend, listen, they remain imprisoned. Unfortunately, for most people, they remained imprisoned without prison walls. They they in prison on on their own. They they got the keys to their own jail cell. It reminds me that's what we do when we don't repent. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Dion. It just reminds me of uh, not to get all off into something, but it just reminds me of what what I see in this country. But that is powerful. If anyone's interested, there was a movie called Hotel Rwanda. I'm just flashing back on that. Just a movie, but it just kind of talked about, showed it. I still remember seeing Don Cheadle, who was the actor, <clears throat> played in that role. So anyway, if anyone, that just kind of helped me <laughs> bring it back. That's um, big. Thanks for sharing. So one Thank last thing. Are. If anybody wants to contact me, I will give you the information. I have the books and everything. The Hotel Rwanda, I do not recommend basing this genocide on that movie because wow. the person I was running that hotel has been in prison and he was not helping people like they say in the movie. So don't believe everything you see on movies. Yeah. Somebody I else just said remember the killing. I mainly that? remember the killing and what 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 happened. Hold, like, hold on one second, Pam. Hold, Sorry. Hold, hold on one second, Pam. It's okay. Somebody somebody said it was Dion. Me. Who was that? Didi. Oh, hey me. Hey. 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 No, I'm Didi. That's Ruth is me. No, but listen. Thank mm-hmm. you for this, because I was thinking about when you said, and it hit me as far as that revenge part, we, we, you yeah. said, even your your um, example, 
instead of getting back at people, we want to see them healed. That was so huge because I know that heart posture of repentance makes a difference for things that we hold on to that we may not know and growing and growth. Like you said, when you have a fighter spirit, you usually going to get back before you, you, you know, slow your roll and not everything even, um, we, it um, requires a response or like you said, a pop back, let God deal with that. And you just change your heart posture to be sympathetic because you don't know what that person who offended you went through. And I, and I've learned a lot the last couple of years when hurt people hurt people, um, you got to consider where they're coming from. And it's not easy. It's not easy. So when you said that, when getting back, because that used to be my thing. And I also have a ignore, I'll just ignore you because I know me, I know how bad, my mouth can be. So instead of me saying something back to hurt you, I'd rather not say anything at all. And I've been told that's not always good, but what, what, what do you suggest instead of just, you know, going back and making it worse, just take time and let God handle it. And in due season, maybe you'll be able to respond after you heal. So set some boundaries. And so it's not a back and forth. And you know what I mean? It's not a big fire. Repent, be quiet and let God handle it. Mm-hmm. Amen. Good morning, Grace. This is Bree Bree. Um, Hey, honey bun. The entire time you declared, I was over here. It's the truth. (laughs) It's the truth. I couldn't say anything, but it's the truth. I'm so grateful that Didi swung it back around um, to literally what you declare. Because when you, I felt like, like my whole life flashed before my eyes. I got called on the carpet. When you talked about how easy it is for us as believers, practicing believers, to get justice and vengeance mixed up. Um, And we'll pursue vengeance instead of justice. And I remember even when I was going through um, the most difficult experience of my life, and it was out dead. I wanted dead. That that was the only outcome that would have been sufficient. And I remember God shook me and he said, vengeance is my business. Being blessed is yours. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment when like I could feel the lifeblood pumping back in my heart because my heart had started to turn, mm-hmm. which is when you reminded me it's a difference between coming out of something better and coming out of something bitter. And so many of us are walking around bitter and we don't even know it because we mm-hmm. have pursued vengeance. And when God mm-hmm. didn't perform it, because that's not his way, we took a posture. And because of it, mm-hmm. we're walking around with stony hearts. So thank you so much. Oh, you shook me up this morning. It's uh no, that's it's the truth, and it it and again, I think one of the key words is ignorance. Sometimes we don't even know how ooky. Just I could hear somebody say hello, and I'd be like, "Ugh, don't say hi to me no more. Your nasty heart, get away from me." It's real. We hear your brokenness. We hear your unrepented heart. We hear your inability to bow or to bend. We hear your inability to submit or to surrender. It's it's not like you're not sneaking. You're not fooling nobody. And it is it's hard. Um and it's hard because um if you don't get to a place where you give yourself permission to live a life of freedom, you live 
a life of bondage, flat out. That there's there is no middle. It's kind of like what what Sylvia just shared. Is those that repented get to live among the people that they are uh, that they offended, that they affected, that they impacted, and those that do not, right? They end up incarcerated. That is a real thing. You live in this virtual, uh, invisible prison that nobody lives in but you, but you in jail nonetheless. You imprisoned nonetheless, and you don't even know it. You got all kinds of jail cell uh, remnants around you and don't even realize it. Refuse to live like that. It's a decision. Yeah, yeah, this is Pat. I was just thinking about repentance, and um, you know, the small—it it could be the smallest things that where you would think that anyone would have you think that it's the smallest thing, but they're real. And when you repent from them, the freedom that you get—you know, the the freedom, the feeling that you get when you do it—the the the burdens that hold you know, the heaviness that holds you down will make you feel so much better when you repent. And um, mm-hmm. God had me repent to people, even when I was in grade school, that that I, I, I harmed, you know, that I bullied on and things like that. And it, it just made, it's, it makes me feel better, you know, when I think to do that, because how dare me be online commenting and telling people they're beautiful, and things like that, and never, t- you know, never ask them to forgive me for certain things. So, you know, the the, the repentance, uh, you know, asking people to forgive, and you know, um, thinking about things that you've done, and that you know that's necessary to go back and you know ask. If you got to change your mind. You got to change your heart now. So, you know, why not share that, you know, with individuals that you might have harmed, you know? So that's what I was just thinking of. It's the truth. It's the truth. Hey, Dion. Hey. Yeah, it's Lori. The the part where you were talking about that if if we discern the times and realize that the time is short and this, this life of repentance, it's a continuous thing that that day by day, Step by step, the more, the closer we come to God, the more we get to know him and the more we get to see of what it is in us that needs to be repented of. Right. I often talk to my own self personally, you know, not realizing the hardness that, that had developed in me. And as God is peeling back layers after layers, it's like, okay, thank you, God. And then looking at, at start, because uh, you talk about it a lot about cycles, cycles of, of things that, that we find ourselves involved in. And then actually coming to a place early this morning in, in my meditation, I was asking the Lord, you know, what, what is it about this thing that brings me back to that? And then having mm-hmm. him to, to talk to me about it and show it to me. And then, okay, God, I repent of that, but I need you. And then to be honest, I need you to show me how to live beyond that, without that. And 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 mm-hmm. in spite of that, so I appreciate mm-hmm. this 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 lesson. I mean, these lessons on repentance. I appreciate God allowing our days to go on because it's it's a it's such a level of grace and love 
the depth of his love and grace towards us as he allows us to be able to do this work with him doing it through us and in us and for us. Thank you. Yeah, it's true. Listen, because I mean, once upon a time, baby. <laughs> hey, D. Hey. So when you said, and I'm so glad you brought that up because I learned that a long time ago, the sound and the smell and the, I remember, and I think it was one of our revivals that we did through this, the Claire Victory, one of the overseers said, he he gave everybody a word. And I remember him telling somebody that although they have a beautiful voice when they sing, they, he, they will sing from a broken place. And so, mm-hmm. like you said, when you hear people, that's why I'm so careful. Every class ain't for me, every convention, every conference, because there are some people in the pulpit even that are, that, that are, when they teach, there's, there's like a venom. Like you can hear the, the hurt and you mm-hmm. can hear the anger and the bitterness. So that's mm-hmm. why, it, it, you know, we all, like, even as I'm 56, I'm so glad my grown kids, they keep me together. Like, your kids that have watched you do some stuff, when you get a little bit beside yourself, they'll reel you back in. But, uh-uh. So it gets you right to on know, together. Get you right on together, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm glad you said that because, like Sabrina said, I love her. I love my, my graces because we don't mind and it's in love. You don't feel judged. You don't feel like it's like this is what it is. So I, I'm grateful. That's all I have to say. That sound matters. And the smell. It, it smell. does. They have a whole lot of different stuff. Yeah, yeah what I mean. A lot about them kids that get you together, boys. And I think I always say Won't this category. This category, I say the kids will make you, your kids will make you grow up. <laughs> they will make mm-hmm. you grow up. But, Dion, I wanted to tap in, too, about the um, – being emotional and bitter, you know, um, of course, I've been there before and go there sometimes I have to catch myself. But, um, you know, when that comes about, you know, when you hear the emotion of things or feel the emotional thing, it's like alert. Uh-uh, don't do that. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. You know, you certainly and, do. Yes. And then, you know, it could, because you want if you want to see the, the better outcome, you have to stop and pause. And ask God to help and then, you know, give you the right decision or, you know, the right thoughts or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So even when talking to friends and loved ones in the minute, they, ah, 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 I'm like, oh, there you go. You know, mm-hmm. like, no, no, mm-hmm. don't do that. Don't do that. Because mm-hmm. it's like a revenge. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, it's not justice. It's a revenge. So that, I, I like that part too that you talked about. It's true. It's all all of it is true. I, I totally get it. Um, I heard um a little bit earlier, I think PR you were trying to speak. Am I wrong? Joyful. This is joyful. Okay, it hold on two you. seconds, joyful. Oh, okay. No. Who who else was that? No, we could we could see it on the board. That's why I said it. Go ahead, Joyful. Okay. Um when you shared earlier it was i think it was sabrina's comment that brought this back to me but i want to ask all the people on the line that might think they're a good driver and i say that because that was the image i had when you talked about accountability Um, i think of the sheer panic that i have for the times when i've attempted to get over in a lane and i didn't see the person beside me no matter how good of a driver you are or how good you think you are living you need a side blind zone 
because we all have blind zones. We have stuff that we just don't see. So somebody to tell mm-hmm. us as you walk us through that. And so technology being added to vehicles over recent years that really help you that, I mean, and I, I mean, I, it still, it still shakes me that oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see them. I didn't mm-hmm. see them. And thank God it's without incident. But what I am thinking of in that moment is I had no idea. And so uh, without the technology, I mean, we're relying on our senses, our mirrors, and just being careful. But thanks be unto God for the people that we have in our life that can be that. And may we not be startled only, but that it would provoke us to make the necessary change. So had I, now that I told you, now that you know, you're responsible for that. We were responsible anyway. Yep. But be careful. Be careful. So get some people that can be your blind zone, your blind spots, your checkers, and to actually speak to you and tell you, uh, you came too close over there. You need to, you got out, you drifted out of the lane. Um, and this could have been catastrophic. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the truth. It's the oh, whole hey, truth. Hey girl. Hey. hey girl. Hey, I heard um, somebody else. Who else was that too? Prosperous. I'll, I'll go after you. Okay. Go ahead. Um, that was good. Joyful. Because you know, when you try to get over in another lane over somebody, in another lane in that person there, it brings a different kind of fear inside. Like, oh my God, you know, oh, am I almost caused an accident? Not, you know, it's just, it's a different kind of fear for me. Like, oh my God, I feel the remorse part. But when you talked about Jonah and how he was just like, you know, God, I knew you was going to do that. A lot of times we think that we are the judge, the jury and the bailiff that we don't want because we know that somebody is doing something bad or they not right or their intent that we won't go before the Lord. And that's, that's the honest truth. I I know I've done it before because I was just like, they don't deserve Lord. They going to take you for granted. They don't deserve it. We don't deserve, we don't get the right to do that. I'm not saying I do it now. That's what we will call our come to Jesus moment that for me, but I had to understand in God's timing, in God's plan, it's all strategic to him. We are not the ones that mm, get to make the decisions or the timing. One of my sisters has to tell me all the time, why are you frustrated? Because I am. And I just had to learn that there is a process that God has to work in his timing. It doesn't matter how bad we want them saved or how bad we want them to be able to see the light. Common sense is not common to everybody. And we can't, like Jonah, you know, stand in the way instead of being in the way, just intercede. So intercede in between God and help that person instead of being in the way. So I just thought that was good when you talked about Jonah, how he was just like, I ain't doing it. Nope, I ain't doing it. I'm going to sit here, pick my teeth. They ain't right, and I ain't doing it. So we don't get to be the judge, jury, and the bailiff. <laughs> absolutely. We absolutely don't. And that was a perfect example. Amen. Anybody else? Somebody needs to mute their phone for us, please. Yeah, I wanted to just add oh, on about. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wanted to add on because th- those are some really good examples. It's really the person who talked about the car and the technology. Um, <clears throat> it just reminds me how I just need to stay. I pray for to continue to be humble and not uh, think I know everything because there's several times I've driven my car and I'm getting out. And it's now it beeps at me if the windows roll down. I didn't even realize. And I, if, if that beep didn't happen, like from 30 years ago, they didn't have the technology. I'd be like, I roll my windows up every day, you know. 
but that beep had to remind me that, oh, there was a little crack open. And um, this is why I love the walk with the Lord, because um, I'm reminded, I kind of giggled when you're talking about sound, Pastor Dion, because I remember when I first joined, like, uh, I think I'm coming up on, I don't know, nine, it's been a while, nine years, eight years. But when I first joined, I used to just talk or whatever. And so after a few months, I remember I was on a call and someone called me out and I just came in and said whatever I was saying. And they said, why are you always, why are you always mad? And it didn't make any sense to me, you know, when the person said it, cause I hadn't heard it before. You always mad. And, uh, and I don't know what I said, like something. And then someone else came in and it was, it wasn't in a mean, negative way. It was just straight up. And then someone else came in, and I still remember who she is. She was very kind. She's like, well, it's a fair question. So it was like a fair question. So I had to, like, look like, hmm. It was just such a trip. So I don't even know how I am until God, Holy Spirit, reveals it to me. And he uses people, not just even he blesses me with people around me, but sometimes it's people I may never have an interaction with again. I don't know who God's going to use, but I just love this walk. And um, you just never know where you're going to get, you know, that word from the Lord. I'm just so thankful. Um, so that's all. Just wanted to give glory to God and continuing to be humble and repentant. Amen. Very good. Very good. Thank you for sharing. Amen. Anybody else? Questions, comments, commentary. And if not, we'll hand you back some time. I'm I'm super hopeful that um just these conversations, especially um, you know, when it comes to people and their inputs and and your personal examples of of what it looks like for real to live from a repented place, to live a lifestyle of repentance, to automatically um it, what what you'll start to notice is the more you live from a place of a repentant heart, um the more cognizant, the more conscious uh you become emotionally often. Um, sometimes I'll say something that was out of pocket and I'll be like, Ooh, I didn't have that to say. Um, I, I, I'll give you guys a, a very transparent example. I was talking to, uh, my brother's father the other day and my brother is, is a pretty negative dude, <laughs> but that's, that's still his daddy. And I was like, Oh, he said something about my brother. And I was like, Oh, you've been talking to negative Ned and I could hear his little feelings get hurt. And I was like, Oh, I forgot that is his daddy. Even though what I said was the truth. Um, I didn't have to say that to him because you know, that, that might not be his reality. He might not mind him being negative. I don't want to talk to him personally, but you know, we have to take other people's feelings and emotions because everybody's not where you are, right? Somebody asked me, had I spoken to a, a family friend? I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to talk to her. She, everything she say is negative. I don't, I'm not interested. And I don't care how she think about it or what she feel. I don't want to be bothered. And I don't have to be, right? We make active decisions and choices, but just because that's how I feel does not mean that I have to share how I feel about that person, right? So that, that's something that I'm still working on because I don't want to be bothered. Stay away from me negative. I don't I don't want it. 
Amen. Good morning. Um, good morning. Can you hear me? I can. Uh, this is some great information. This is <clears throat> just thinking um, as you were talking. I just come. Hello, are are you are you sharing or did you mute or something? What just happened? No, I'm sharing. Somebody's oh okay. Somebody's phone is off mute. Can you mute your phone if you just joined the call? Thank you very much. Go ahead, you. Yeah, I don't know. If, you know if this makes sense or not, but when I, you know, with, I was just thinking about Jonah. And the fact that he, you know, didn't want to see the people be saved. You know, he knew what God was going to do. Uh, you know, maybe think about codependency. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you're codependent, I, I remember going to classes and um, I didn't understand what they meant. Being a codependent, you become, you almost kind of like a God, right? Because that, because the dependent. Depends on you for everything, and you're supposed to be that. You want to be that person that comes in and rescues, saves the day. But what happens when that person no longer needs your assistance in that way? <laughs> no. Um, then you get a little. You know, just coming from a place of being uh, a codependent. My mom was an alcoholic, and I had, you know, my first marriage uh, it was addiction. My uh, ex-husband was addicted to uh, cocaine, and not realizing how deep rooted, even when the, when the the people are removed, that you still can be operating under that spirit, mm-hmm. and that's what I recognize today. Yeah, it's it's a real thing. You know, I just mm-hmm. want to the forefront because it was just something that stood out as we as the conversation was going on, and I thought about Jonah, like you know how he was feeling that way, and I could see. Feeling that way, you know, um, in some of the times, like the times that my, when my ex tried to get himself right, that spirit of what you know, should, I should be celebrating, but I'm not. Mm-hmm. And it's interwoven mm-hmm. in my spirit, you know. Now it's just something I still struggle with, you know, the being that rescuer, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. Just work. Just just food for thought on if it makes sense. But that's no, it made sense. I yeah, it totally made sense. I get it. I get it. I get it. Anybody else? Good morning, Sister Lisa. Great decoration. Uh, yeah, because I shared and I had to repent last night just as I grandson. Uh, yeah, he has he apologized, right? But he keeps he disrespects his mom and sisters, and so I don't live there. But when I go, I can't, well, I don't want to go there because I don't want to judge because of the pain he's seen me do when he was younger. I understand that his hurt and his, uh, his hurt and his bitterness towards me because he's not ready to, he says he's sorry, but he's not ready to forgive me and I ask him to forgive me, but I have to like, uh, just let God and be quiet and just stay away from that. I'm asking, yeah, because it's hard right now because I don't want to be around him because I'm in my process of still trying to, you know, repenting and getting healed. And so I don't want to say anything that's going to uh, 
you know, I have to repent. What I told God last night, forgive me for even judging him because I don't know what time it's going to take him to let go of it. But that's not my, that's God's business. I have to leave it there. So I have to stay from, from my, I have to stay away from my house at this time. So, uh, yeah, so that I can continue getting closer to God because it's not, you know, I, I, I just can't do it, right? Well, I can do all things, but I don't want to be in his presence. So. Mm-hmm. I need to repent on that too, but it's hard because he just cusses and you know I mean really really bad and I just like I am your grandmother. I'm I'm, I'm trying to understand. You got to understand the hurt I did. I got I got I did that. Got it. So got it. Thank you so yeah. much. Very good. Thank you for sharing. Amen. Anybody else? Hey Dion, it's persistent. This hey. month, hey, it's been really, really good, very helpful, because it makes you do a lot of uh, house cleaning in your soul, just uh, reflection and thinking about, you know, what the process of being authentic. I mean, we can say we forgive or I'm sorry, but are you truly, you know, you have to ask those questions. Um, what are the triggers that come up for you? Um, that um, you associate it with whatever situation it is. And for me, it's family that that runs deep. I made a conscious decision past year not to attend Thanksgiving, not to attend Christmas. I'd never done that in my life. Mm -hmm. I knew the reason why I chose freedom. Um, I chose to spend the day how I wanted to choose. But I still did my cooking. I still baked my cakes. I still gave. And I went by and dropped them off prior and and went on. But I reflect on <clears throat> what I was avoiding, what I did not want to be a part of. Why? Mm-hmm. What was still hurting me? Um, and it's still there today. And, 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 and the process is a process. And when you're in your mm-hmm. process, you're trying to do the best you can do by you and not remind yourself and go there in whatever anger or frustration or pain or hurt that triggers you back in that feeling Mm -hmm. of basically unforgiveness or bitterness, whatever it is, it's a combination of both. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's a process. It is a process. And I had to um, come to that realization. It's supernatural, and that's where I am asking God to to uh, actually, you know, doing, praying for the situation, praying for my family, praying for myself, praying for those that, that I think has offended me and asking God to help me to see it through his eye, yeah. helping me to um, reveal to me what I can't see. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, this has been Very really helpful good. though this month. Very good. Yeah. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's the goal. Is that it be helpful and that if nothing else, at least you be mindful, you know? Yeah, I do know. Amen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Thank you for that persistence. And it's okay if not. What we'll do is um again. Simply because it's Wednesday, we have our 
um, our fast check-in at 5. And otherwise, um, yeah, we will meet right back here tomorrow, same bat station, same bat time. I pray that something that was said is not only helpful, but really kind of gives you the courage to look at things differently, to feel a little bit differently concerning um, just your heart posture and, and what that looks like. And I pray that you go and grow in love, that you be the Jesus that somebody needs to see and that something happens in you that impacts everything around you uh, for the greater good. So that being said, you guys, I will give you back a few minutes of time and we'll hear you back here at 5 p.m. If not, we'll hear you here tomorrow. Tomorrow, I love you. Tomorrow, you're always a, a day, day away. <laughs> Bye, guys. Have a good day, everyone. Have a God great bless. day, everybody. God bless your heart. God bless your heart. Have a blessed day.